1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a successful Euro qualifying campaign for Scotland. A draw against Norway on the night brings the curtain down on a group stage which ended in a second place finish and a spot at Euro 2024. And from now until next summer, all roads lead to Germany. Who will go? Who won't? What will the group look like? So many questions to be answered. But for now, let's just look back on a rare Scotland qualification success. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. And as a t-shirt said, Gordon, we're off to Germany, you know. Scotland in the Tartan Army, party in the park at Hamden last night. It was fantastic. All eyes now in Hamburg. December 2, we'll find out in the draw who we're going to face next summer in those finals. And if that doesn't float your boat, Gordon, well, we've only a handful of days left till we're back to the league action. Celtic Motherwell, a dress rehearsal for the cup final, Aberdeen Rangers. We've got Craig Levine going back to Tynecastle and Derek Adams is back in Dingwall. Who saw that coming? Yeah, being the, the, the young old age of 30, <laughs> uh, or 31 actually I am now, um, you know, I was too young to remember 1998 and uh, it got to a certain stage where I thought I would never see Scotland in a major tournament again. We had the Euro 2020 and now we've got back-to-back campaigns. Can't say enough of, of Steve Clark and the boys and what they've done. Uh, we saw the buzz that we had around Euro 2020. This one feels even more special. And can't wait for the summer already. I can't believe you're saying that. I get married in 1998. How young are you? And you keep, he, it, was, he, it was his 60th in yes, 1998. It was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, tied in with France. Back-to-back weeks. Uh, 01419511025. That is the number you need for years and years and years on this show qualification campaigns would come to an end everyone would be disappointed we would look back on the numerous moments that it went wrong we would look back on the fact that it probably never even got going we would soul search as to why we're not qualifying and why we're not producing players anymore so let's just enjoy these moments because they don't come around all that often or maybe this is the start of them coming around often who knows 0141 951 1025 how do you look back on that campaign? How would you sum it up? What were the key moments? Who were the main men? What's next? Thinking about Germany next summer, all the questions that surround that campaign that's just finished, get your answers in 01419511025. Have you got a favourite game? You got a favourite goal? You got a favourite moment? Did you manage to get along to any of the games? You got a favourite player, a sort of standout figure? I'll get the guys to maybe... Uh, throw some names at you in a second or two as well uh, and I know it's difficult because it's only November it's hard to rein it in but maybe advanced thoughts as to what comes ahead next summer as well 01419511025 that is the number you need and you can tweet at Clyde SSB now of course if you'd rather talk domestic football we are here for you as well um, but fair to say a fairly quiet day uh, on the domestic front apart from the appointment of Derek Adams at Ross County yeah, um, as I said, I didn't really see that coming. Malcolm McKay sacked last week. I covered his last game, that 1-0 defeat at St Johnson a week passing Saturday. They were really poor. Even at that, I didn't see Roy McGregor making a change in the dugout. But he has, and he's gone back to the tried and trusted. This is Derek's third spell in Dingwall. He has left a job in England. He's left Morecambe, where he was at that for a second spell. And he's come back up the road and... Be fascinated. There's only two points between those five sides at the bottom of the Premiership table. Plenty of time to get Ross County out of bother. 
Keep those calls coming 01419511025 Looking back on the campaign The good points I was going to say the, the low points There weren't too many That's the beauty of it So what was the standout moments for you? Uh, who were the main men, the unsung heroes, all that sort of stuff. Get your calls into us right now. Um, I'm going to resist the temptation to say that every day is a day off for you at the moment. What was the international break like? What was the schedules? You boys get a bit of downtime. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, which was nice. Uh, I didn't spend it in the most quality way because we are getting the spare room done up. Oh, that's a nightmare. But shout out to all my people that put up Christmas trees in November because mine's is up Saturday night Saturday night middle of November is more than <laughs> acceptable and Except I must say I'm, I'm very proud of Clyde 1 I noticed that small Christmas tree when I walked into the door earlier so you, you're, you're at your it's full up. Christmas tree is up it's up as soon as Halloween's done I'm ready get it up get I'm the not, spirit I'm not sure about that Roger Hannah is that why she puts you in the spare room <laughs> <laughs> exactly aye. but aye, well, that's been a nightmare for the last couple of days so that's still going to drag you your own, for another you few your own thoughts, new bench, your own new bench cam in the spare room? Is it only? Oh, no, no, <laughs> I only saved that for a Saturday. Okay. Uh, anyone wants to share their thoughts on how ludicrously early Andy Halliday's got his Christmas tree up? We're here for you on that as well. 01419511025. That is the number you need. So get your thoughts over right now. On a Monday, regular listeners will know you two get put on the spotlight. So this is obviously a bit. A bit different this week. You've not got much to choose from. So give me your result of the campaign. Well, I'm going to have to defer. Now, the listeners and the viewers won't know this. The key to happiness on a Monday is to get into the office first. Correct. Because if you get into the office first, you get first pick. And I'm all always these answers. first. He's always first. Halliday, he's got the tree up, he's got the bench sorted, <laughs> he's got the spare room sorted. He was in here at half past three. I've got a day's work to do, you know. On you go. Oh, for me, this, the, the clear standout was Spain. You do have a couple of nice offers up there as <laughs> well. But options. listen... International superstars all over the place playing for the biggest clubs in Europe. Uh, 2010 World Cup winners. Maybe not quite the nation they were, but still full of, of world-class players. And second game of the campaign, it was a real statement of intent. And then it gave us that bit of belief that we could go and do it back to back. So that's my result of the campaign. Well, I'm not exactly left with slim pickings, am I? So I'm going to go Norway 1, Scotland 2, in Oslo. We were hopeless for long spells of the game. 86 minutes. We were 1-0 <laughs> down to... A VAR penalty that I'm not still not sure I'm sure I'm sure about Erling Haaland and Ryan Porteous I think it was tangling in the box and we get back into a decisive finish of Lyndon Dykes long range how it's a not quite and then Kenny McLean produced a winner I like it okay go on then give us your give us your man of the campaign again the beauty of being in the office first <laughs> too I easy. feel as if there's a real standout here it's too easy only twice before this campaign has someone scored seven goals in the one campaign. Scott McTominay done it. Very close to making it eight and having the standout record on his own. But listen, so many big moments. The double against uh, Spain, the double in the opening camp, uh, game of the group against Cyprus, uh, came up with so many big moments for me. The absolute standout man of the campaign. So I'm really looking forward to see how Roger tops that one. Yeah, because you can, that's everyone's, I think, to be fair. You have to sort of, you kind of have to pick him. But you need to pick someone else. Well, if you're not getting McTominay, you have to go with the darling of the Tartan Army, John McGinn. Super, if you don't mind. Super, John McGinn. Um, his penalty last night in the 3-3 with Norway, 18 international goals, took him level with our own Kenny mm. Miller, sixth on the all-time list, and he will be rightly looking at the ones above him just to see how high he can get and how close he can get to Kenny Roglic and Dennis Law on mm. 30. He's got, is it 62 caps now? Not too many ahead of him, I think. You know, Andy Robertson of current players and Craig Gordon, if he was to come back in, Gordon... 
are ahead of him. He will see that he can push maybe even towards the 100 caps and another really quality campaign. But there were loads of top contributors. So what about like an unsung hero? Who are we giving that to? Unsung hero of the campaign. I think this will be will be a bit more diversity in their opinions. Uh, you know off air how much I really rate this guy. And yes. I feel like the right back position was really up for grabs going into this campaign. I think there was cases for Nathan Patterson. I thought there was cases for Anthony Ralston towards the tail end of his performances for Celtic last year. But Aaron Hickey for me has been outstanding. I think his performances for Brentford any time I've watched him has been really, really good. Uh, and I think he's absolutely nailed down that jersey for Scotland. I think technically superb, whether he can play on the right or the left. Defensively great in his 1v1s as well, full of athleticism. And for me, I think he's been the, the real unsung hero of the campaign. I like that. Go on then. Show us your, um, your working here, Roger Hanna. What does Daz say? There's always a goalie. And I think oh, yeah, for I like this it. campaign, yep. we have unearthed a goalie. I remember many, many years ago speaking to Alan McLeish. And Alan McLeish was really keen to bring Angus Gunn in. He knew his father, Brian, he had played. Aberdeen in Scotland with his father he knew the lineage he wanted to bring Angus in and Angus needed a bit of convincing and Alec didn't manage to convince him in his time as boss Steve Clark went back to Angus he's at a stage of his career where his sort of choices were different and he committed to Scotland I think he went five or six games without losing a goal I think we've missed him in the games he's been out the team um, it's not long term injury he will be back soon for club and hopefully country, and he'll be a big player for us at the Euros. Good shout, and round off, goal of the campaign. I'm a sucker for a team goal, aren't I? And mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to take you back to the, the Cyprus game away, 3-0 victory, and the last goal for me, John McGinn. My unsung hero, Aaron Hickey, starts it off, great bit of football between him and McTominay, unleashes McTominay down the right-hand side, cuts it back to the edge of the box, McGinn, one touch, lovely finish, posting and far post. I've half-touched it, Kenny McLean's a winner in Norway. Um, a bit of a team goal as well ball to the back post ah, McGinn back into Lyndon Diggs nice little layoff for Lyndon Diggs and Kenny McLean you see his old left foot what a right foot finish that was would, and would, that, be, would that be moment of the campaign if you had to pick one I'm now dreaming up extra be, categories it, it would be a choice between that goal and Rodri's tears uh, that, that's true that is true I think that was the real moment where you felt as if one foot was, was already on. in the door yeah. so yeah it's probably Probably the standout. Right, come on then, 01419511025. Specifically last night, what did you make of the game, the performance, the result? Overall in the campaign, how do you look back on it? Was there a standout moment for you? Did you make it along to any of the games? Why not share uh, your memories as the guys have, have picked, you know, maybe a top performer, an unsung hero, best result of the campaign, all those types of questions. We don't get the chance to look back on these things fondly all that often. It is becoming more regular now, so let's take the chance. And of course, if you want to talk domestic football, we are here for you as well. John is first up. How are you, John? Hi, Gordon. Uh, hi, Roger. Hi, Andy. Hi, John. Hi, John. Uh, yeah, um, I'd obviously like to talk about Scotland. Uh, I was saying to the producer that uh, having qualified with two games to go, I know we had a run of friendlies there against big teams, uh, no doubt about it. Um, didn't go the way we'd like it to. But before any doom sales came on, we qualified with two games to go. We went head-to-head -head against Spain and Norway, which arguably, if they finished top two, nobody would have batted an eyelid. But against Norway, we finished 2-1 and 3-3, head-to-head. We'd have won that. And against Spain, it was 2 nothing, 2 nothing. level with them. They're World Cup and European Championship winners. 
Well, last year was we, we drew nothing, we drew with, with England. So I can see nothing but positivity, hopefully, moving forward uh, for this for this campaign for the Euros because we deserve it. Uh, there's, the players have done fantastic, the coach has done fantastic, and we should be looking forward to what's coming up. It's a good point to, to frame it, Roger, through the... Or to go back, if you like, and think about what that was like when that draw was made. I specifically remember it because it, I remember the mood at the time. I was in the car listening to the radio when the draw was made and thinking, that is a that is a brutal yeah. draw. That that That's a nightmare. This is typical. We're in quite a good place. We're getting somewhere. And we go and get a draw like that. I mean, you look at the seeds below us, Erling Haaland, of the pot below that. We've gone and got Georgia. Look at what they've done to us in the past. So to, to now have... To now look back on that and have done it so comfortably is, is quite something. Yeah, and that was what was spoken about. It was the star quality in the group, wasn't it? It was all uh, the Real Madrid and Barcelona players in the Spain team. It was Erling Haaland and Martin Odegaard and the Norwegian team. It was Kvaradona and the Georgian team. And we thought, oh no, I mean, this is just going to be another step too far for us. And it wasn't. The start was perfect. Five straight victories at, at the top of the group. And we were almost there before we even went to Seville and lost for the first time. And then a couple of days later, Spain did us a turn by winning in Oslo and that took us through. And it's sort of uncharted territory. And the players looked as if they didn't quite know how to treat the last couple of games. I think the media didn't know how to treat the last couple of games because we've never really been here before, Don. <laughs> yeah, Having weird, qualifiers that, for want of a better phrase, didn't really matter. Yeah, and that was the thing. You would have taken it any road and... and Genuinely feel like you forget we actually had a playoff in the in the yeah. bank due to the Nations League and yeah. at no point did it even look like we would remember have how to much we celebrated that Nations League performance we, we had because we, we had that, that safety yeah. net. But look, no, listen, you're right. I, listen, you mentioned Norway and you mentioned Georgia, even Cyprus. I mean, you're, you're not talking about one of the like real minnows minnows, yep. in the Euros where you're guaranteeing yourself six points, and we've went and done a number on them both times, three now at home, three now away. So you're absolutely right. The way we've performed in this campaign has uh, has been exceptional. Five state victories. Um, for me, I think Steve Clark, now we've, we've seen that he's, he showed a lot of trust in squad and players, but for me, I think we've got a real strong 15, 16, 17 players. Uh, obviously, it's up to the players now to keep uh, continue to perform for their club. Uh, hopefully staying fit, touch wood. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if there's any that can, can sneak into the door. But listen, don't underestimate as well the value of a big tournament experience. These boys, a lot of these boys have experienced Euro 2020, mm -hmm. albeit under COVID circumstances, but uh, qualifying for a major tournament. So, no doubt about it, we're much better prepared for, for Euro 2024. John, I won't make you run through all the categories that I asked these two, but you know you can pick a couple. Have you got a, a main man, a, a standout moment, a best goal from the campaign? Uh, to be quite honest, the, the entire watch, the first five games, as Roger said, it was even cloud nine, let's face it. Uh, to, to pull out the bag in Norway, uh, I, I listened to the, I was out, I was out driving. I listened to the game the whole way through, and it, the, the the presenters were oh I don't see where the goal's going to come from. And within within four minutes, you're in you've you've flipped over to just absolute adulation. Um, it was it was phenomenal, and to know that once we had that fifteen points, it was hard to see where with the game still to go with. Norway still to play Spain I think Spain's going to pick up at least a point off them which means they can't get a full three it almost seemed as if we were already there although it had to still be done and the boys went out and done it uh, each one to a man 
just made it incredible because I was on the show before and I'd, I'd seen about uh, 1998, France 98 was the first time, or the last time that I'd seen Scotland in a major tournament. And we were serial qualifiers, but we weren't doing anything in the tournaments. And it took that long to the last year. Was, and I know it was a, a penalty kick, so we get through. We didn't, we, as I say, we, we drew the England. Um, we didn't, obviously, we won point uh, two goals, I think, that, that qualification. But this one, we're going to be more prepared because we've just went through a tough group, as the boys have said. That was a tough group, and we held our own against the two ones that were probably favourites to get through, and we were head to head. Not they were not better than us, so I'm I'm over the moon, and I just hope the positivity continues because I know people are going to look back at the recent friendlies, and you're going to have to face these teams in in the group stages when we get to the Euros. But you know what? We just faced two big teams in the group stages there in the qualification, and we came out. On top Yeah I mean You know John mentions that I think that night In Oslo And Andy says That's maybe the bit Where you really start to And believe that it's on I think a minute and 44 seconds yeah. Between the Between and, the goals And that's not what Scotland do I think that was What was the most yeah. Remarkable part started of it started feeling all Just felt different didn't it, it It really did feel different This time when you get A result like that And even at home to Spain You know We won In the last campaign The World Cup qualifiers We won at home to Denmark And it was a terrific performance Against a very very strong side and we couldn't really back it up with, with you know, quite enough to get through. You know, it finished with a disappointment against Ukraine in the playoff, and we just fell short. This time, it was a juggernaut, right from the the off, and it didn't let up until qualification was was mm. assured. Do you have one standout man, John? Is it too easy? Is it Scott McTominay? Or is it someone else? Well, I mean, there's a lot of goals there, but. Again, I've, I've got to go with the, the full squad because I know one man can make a difference, but the whole squad's got to do their job. Let's face it, I've played in golf teams myself and you, one one guy doesn't make the team. It's, it's, they're all there. Uh, and they, they've played... You can see that when they come off the park when they're doing their interviews, they're sweating, they're running about, they're shouting at each other. They're playing to a man for each and each other and it's it's just been fantastic. Did it feel like a bit of a progression, Andy? It feels like, you know, bit by bit, we got to a place where we, you stopped being worried about the minnows. You felt like we're good enough to take mm. care of that. Those days of absolute disasters are gone. And we're pretty good at beating those teams round about us. It felt like going into this, the next step was to give a superpower a, a bloody nose. Can we do that at some point? When was the last time Scotland did that? So to, to get the campaign up and running, you know, with the Spain result, is that, how significant was that? Huge And it wasn't even the result I thought it was the manner of the victory as well The way we approached the game more It was a fast pace High tempo Not really what you'd associate with Steve Clark In his first maybe two three months in charge And I thought it showed a real statement of intent for the get-go I thought we well, were in Spain's faces And like Roger touched on earlier Roger and, and, and Cole weren't happy about it at the end of it Because Scotland were, were deserved victors And you, know, you talk about natural progression And, and what's next I, I still remember the the, the start of uh, Steve Clark's campaign where you know there was improvements there, but a lot of people not happy with the style. I think that's improved over time. The results have certainly improved. We're back to back Euro uh, Euro campaigns now, and like I says, I think mm. we're in a lot better position to hopefully get through the group in twenty twenty four. Thank you to John oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Come on then, how do you look back on it all? You want to do specifically last night? Tell us what you made of that performance. What was the top? Result of the campaign, the best moment, the top performer, the unsung hero. Frame it however you want, but get your calls in right now, please. 
the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are reflecting on a successful Euro qualification campaign for Scotland. Looking back on the key moments, the main men, the unsung heroes. Uh, of course, looking ahead to Germany next summer as well, but they're looking for you to get in touch. 0141951125. What do you think, Simon, on the line? How you doing, guys? Hope you're all well. Thank you, um, Simon. Yeah, I was at Hampton last night. Um, I believe you were as well, Gordon. Yep. It was a, I thought it was a bit of a weird atmosphere. I think a few of the players mentioned that you know, it's unusual for Scotland to have the job done early. Um, so I think we were all there looking for just you know to be entertained and what we've been entertaining a 3 3 draw, but. Yeah, I thought it was a strange atmosphere last night, but it was it was really, really good to get to applaud the players and staff at the end of the game and, you know, congratulate them for what is an achievement that, you know, no Scotland team have really done since I've been an adult and been able to witness it personally. So, you know, just absolutely so proud of the team, so proud of the country and looking forward to the summer. Yeah, we were, I think, spoiled rotten because the, it couldn't have been more dramatic going to the last one, uh, Roger yeah. Hanna. Um, and Simon's right. I mean, you can't possibly call it like an anticlimax or anything. That's not that's not the right phrase because the job's done. But but last night was just yeah, it was just like a kind of a bit of a friendly atmosphere in a yeah, way. Yeah, it was just going to be a party at Hamden and a game of football in the way of it for ninety minutes. And listen, it was a decent game of football, three three. Yeah. Not sure there was a huge amount of quality on show. It was exciting. Scotland came back a couple of times from deficits. I thought. They would see it out, and Stuart Armstrong scored the best goal of the night, and then lost one at the end. I think, listen, in the balance of play, Norway were probably meriting a point. I would have said in the game, but I think you know Simon's right. I'm not sure the fans quite knew what to make of the occasion. The players for a while certainly didn't know as if look as if they knew what to do with the occasion, and I think it'll probably be a relief to the players because when they get back together with Steve Clark in March, then. They'll get back to business, if you like. There are only four friendlies left, and the players will know. You know, Steve tends to name squads of 25, 26, 27. We went to the last Euros because of COVID. It was a 26 man squad for the finals. This time, it's only 23 players mm. who can be selected. So, we've had a squad there playing two games, Gordon, with no Robertson, no Tierney, no Hanley, no Adams, no Hickey, no Gunn. And he still named however many it was. So these players will know they've only got four games left to show the manager they should be going to Germany. Although it was done, Simon, and it was you know a relaxed atmosphere, did, did we learn anything? Did you learn anything last night? Yeah, I, th- I think we did learn some things over from the, the Georgia game and last night. I think, like um, like Roger mentioned there, for a, si- a nation the size of Scotland to lose some of those key players, especially in defence, you're never going to expect it to be, you know, watertight after that. I don't think the back four suited us in either game. I don't think it played to our strengths. I don't think we've been able to to play that, you know, as well as we do with the back three. I feel like Jacob Brown deserved his start. I know probably a lot of people will say about Lauren Shanklin, but I think in terms of Steve Clark and loyalty, he turns up for every camp. He barely gets any minutes. I actually thought he was really impressive when he came on against France. He held led the line really well. I think he deserved his start out of loyalty, but I'm not sure he did enough to probably you know, guarantee himself. But my biggest uh, point I'd like to make is, and Andy will probably not like this considering he's a teammate, but I'm really, really worried about the goalkeeper situation. I don't think that Xander Clark or Liam Kelly are good enough to be international class goalkeepers. I think uh, Steve's looked at both of them 
and obviously realised that Liam Kelly is definitely not good enough because he didn't give him either start on either game. I think that Xander did okay, he made a few saves you'd expect him to make, but I feel a better goalkeeper saved some of those goals last night and one in particular in Georgia. So doing some investigation with people last night, we're talking about it. Uh, we've actually came up with a few names of goalkeepers who are eligible to play for Scotland who in case Craig Gordon doesn't come back we could have a possibly have a look at in the next few games. So the top one would be Jed Steer. He uh, used to play for Villa and Norwich, a couple of other England teams, English teams. Good experience in the low, leg, low leagues in England. Um, one that's actually a bit out with it is Ian Mackay. He plays for Deportivo La Coruña in Spain, albeit not in La Liga at the moment. But a good Scottish name, he's born there but eligible to play for Scotland. Uh, Chris Maxwell as well, who's, I think he's played up here on loan, but he's playing for Huddersfield at the moment. And um, the last one was a bit of a younger one to maybe to look at was Ed McGinty, who was actually born in Motherwell. I think he is Scottish, but he went over to Ireland to play. He's back now at Oxford United. So some goalkeepers, I think, to look at because I'm worried if something happens to the to um, Angus Gunn and maybe Craig Gordon doesn't get back to what he is, which would be understandable given his age and his serious injury, I feel we'd be really, really lacking going into Germany. It is some list. Simon's done his research, so you don't have to. Um, some some interesting names. Firstly, is are Simon's worries fair, Andy? He, he, he preempted it. He said you won't like it because he's, he's yeah. a teammate. But. I think naturally I'm going to stick up for him, but honestly, it's not even just through a sign of loyalty. I think some of the criticism has been harsh. I thought the, uh, the Cavara Donna... As, uh, as Roger called him I thought the second goal was really really harsh to be criticised for that and, and, and it's not only Simon that's mentioned that I've seen it uh, quite widespread but I thought there were so many bodies in front of him you actually see a certain angle it was pretty much in the corner I think if he did save it it would have been a very very good save um, I think last night he'll be disappointed in the third goal but for me it was a fantastic cross and I think Scotland all night didn't defend crosses either stopping crosses or defending them better so I would be more inclined to be worried about Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, because I thought the left-hand side last night, uh, I thought struggled all night. Mm. I thought the the right-back Rearson and, and the boy from Man City, Oscar Bob, had had the freedom of Hamden Park for the majority of the game. Uh, and I think, listen, Liam Kelly for me as well, I think is another fantastic keeper. I don't think he's in his best moment right now for Motherwell, but I think he's been an excellent goalkeeper over the time. But listen, like you said, Simon's done his research. He, he obviously knows there's plenty of goals out there. I've no doubt Steve Clark does as well. But I did hear he says... Boy McGinty was born in Motherwell, so I know who Gordon will be campaigning yeah, for. Know nothing about him, but it sounds good to me. Um, Roger, again, is, is it fair criticism? And if so, would he make a Simon's list? Simon, I'm going to decipher holiday football speak for, for the layman like you and I. When he says Xander Clark or any goalies disappointed with it, that means he should have done better with it. When he says. It is an unbelievable ball, though, isn't it? So when, 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 when it comes to goalies, I sometimes feel like we don't. You know, when it suits us, we don't, don't think acknowledge it's a that. Error, does it? When he says, How good a cross we, was it? We, we trouble down the right. That means Greg Taylor wasn't very good either, Simon. So, in terms of the goalie situation, Steve Clark knows there's a goalie situation. That's why he went and got Angus Gunn. They know they've got a goalie situation because they tried to go and get Jason Steele from Brighton and he declined the invitation. Um, he knows there's a goalie situation because he's bringing Robbie McCrory into the squad. When Robbie McCrory has seen, no disrespect here, Andy, less first team action than you this season. <laughs> no, so <I'm> sure. <laughs> Steve Clark and his backroom staff are aware that there's a goalie situation going on. Um, I think they were right to give caps to Xander, who's now got three caps, and Liam, who's now got a cap, um, to see how they did. Um, very harsh for Liam, 45 minutes against that French team in Lille. Um, 
and a bit harsh on Xander mm. as well because he didn't have the luxury of yep. being a goalkeeper behind a back five of Robertson, Tierney, Henry, Hanley and Hickey. He was playing the two full games behind a sort of experimental back four on both occasions, neither first choice full back and not the back three that we have come to get used to. So that probably wasn't fair. If you're picking goalies for the Euros now, I think if Craig Gordon's fit, the three who mm. go are Angus Gunn, Craig Gordon and one of the other three wouldn't surprise me if it was Robbie McCrory. Seriously? Yeah. He would go ahead as Xander Clark or Liam Kelly? Well, if Craig Gordon's in the squad, that would mean sure. Craig Gordon's playing right. for Hearts and Xander Clark isn't. Right. Which would cause a problem for Xander Clark Steve, unless he moves clubs in January. Just this sort of Steve Clark loyalty routine that he usually I, does. I, I, I get Xander Clark specifically because that, that's going to be a really weird situation where Craig Gordon could oust him from club and country. Um, and again, I would acknowledge that Liam Kelly, like most of his motherwell teammates, is not having a brilliant time. I still don't know if for Steve Clark, with all his loyalty, that's going to be enough to make Robbie McCrory go ahead of I, both of them. I don't know. Well, you, don't know. Robbie McCrory, you'd assume, won't be playing at Rangers either. So I don't yeah. think you know, the, the lack of minutes being called you wonder, up. You wonder if because the guys he's from Ayrshire, isn't it? I'm going to just admit it. Like, <laughs> if Craig Gordon comes back in, does Xander look somewhere in January? You know, if Robbie McCrory thinks he's got a sniff... Does he look somewhere in January? You know, there's a lot of football to be played. It's interesting to hear some of the players speaking after the game last night and everybody's asked the same question. Oh, you must get, you know, are you worried about placing the mm. team? How secure do you think? And they all answered say, this is November. An awful lot can happen between now and the squad being selected in June. When we qualified the last time, Kenny McLean scored that penalty, if you remember, and Kenny McLean looked nailed on. Ryan Jack looked nailed on. Injured. They yep. both got injured and missed out in a 26-man squad. So there will be changes... <coughs> Between now and June, Simon, is there a bit, can we afford both of them a bit of sympathy based on the you know the factors Rogers mentioned? They both get a game against France, Kylian Mbappe and Co, and then play two qualification games that don't really matter behind a back four rather than a back five, and the personnel within that back four wasn't full strength either. Yeah, I, I mean, I do understand the, the you know the, the background to it, and understand that you know it's maybe not ideal circumstances. And some of the good players, you know, uh, Andy mentioned Kovaric Kelly are like an, a brilliant player in the cross for the Norwegian goal. But I'm afraid at international level, that's what you're going to have to deal with, especially at European Championships. You're going to have to deal with top quality players playing top quality football. Do you and think, though, Simon, just quickly, just on the sort of psychology of it, do you think because, you know, that the spotlight's going to be on the goalkeeper, it's natural to be a bit more critical? For it, as an example, I've heard way more people talk about Xander Clark's part in that goal today than Nathan Patterson's but he's probably equally culpable maybe even more but he's good and he's been there and he's trusted for Scotland so maybe you don't you don't look at that the same Yeah I think because the the number one goalie Angus Gunn's obviously injured you would compare it and look at it and think of the, look at all the goals they've conceded so the five goals they've conceded over the last two games and think how many of them would Angus Gunn have saved I think he would have saved maybe at least two possibly even three and you'd think you know is that I think the first Norway goal you know, it's not in the top corner. I think. No, go oh, on, Simon. Tough school. The deflection in front of him. That's I don't, a, that's I don't think Buffon saves yeah, that. There's a deflection, which obviously I'll, I'll grant you, but. Hits the post <laughs> and goes in, Simon. Couldn't be more on the corner. I'm not. I'm just not convinced that either of them are good enough. They don't fill me with confidence. They don't play and look like international goal. I mean, both of them have made serious errors at Rugby Park in the last few games that we've played against them. Um, and Xander uh, Clark made two really bad errors when we beat Hearts last season. Um, Liam Kelly made another one, 
you know, this season, they're making basic errors in the Scottish Premiership against, you know, I can say it because they're my team, no really great football team. You know, I think going into the Euros, it would just be really, really scary to have both of them in the squad along with Angus Gunn or, or a Craig Gordon because I think if they're ever called upon... I think we might you know, see a bit of a doing One thing I can guarantee you is this Euros next summer Simon we won't have a goalie that's beaten for the halfway line this time <sighs> Let's hope that is the case Thank you very much to Simon Before we take more of your calls let me run this past you Right, Kate already has £130,000 in her bank account after we called her on Make Me A Winner. She's got a trip to Japan to tick off the bucket list. She's thinking about a new kitchen and we could make you the winner of £135,000 tomorrow, which apparently is 50% of the budget Andy Halliday spent on his spare room getting done up over the weekend. So if you win, you've got the cash in the bank straight away. Just imagine what you could do with that kind of money in the Black Friday sales. If you want to win, you need to be in the draw though. We have teamed up with our sister station across the UK to bring you this incredible prize text YES to 61025 texts are £2 plus your standard network rate you can enter at Clyde1.com where the entries cost £2 online or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate as well it's over 18s only all the rules for this network competition are online so if you get the call from us after 3pm tomorrow Tuesday the 21st answer within 5 rings say make me a winner straight away don't say anything else first and the 135 grand could be yours. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish Football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are about to be joined, and I don't think my mic's working. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk among ourselves. Yeah, Do you know who was a, a, a very unlucky shout for the unsung hero? Leo Ostergaard. He very, very nearly made mine because what a campaign he had for Scotland. I yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could tell by the look in his face. It was a great delivery. I'm not. I was never too convinced about six foot two Scott McTominay, the top goal scorer for Scotland in the tournament, taking set pieces. But um, great delivery, Kenny McLean. What a leap it was, mm. and just the delivery and the header deserved a little bit of luck. And poor old Leo, it's come off the thigh and past the goalie, two two. Well, before we get your, your Gordon's mic back, I actually think Austin McPhee out there needs a raise because we have became a right threat at set pieces. And I even look at Aston Villa's record for set pieces this season. Uh, he obviously had the, the, the same role there. So, doing some job, Austin. Keep it going. He's not a man that's in need of any hair work, is he? <laughs> no, definitely not. That's uh... that, that does not sound good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I just got up the road. You, 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 you head up the road. What time's beat the pundit on, Andy? Wow, that's what we're I'll, I'll, I'll toss the coin. You can play beat the pundit tonight. This has never happened before. Yeah. Dear, dear, dear. Don't know what to do in this Oh, that's better. That's because I'm using Andy oh, Halliday's mic. Great. This is as cosy as uh, I ever thought I would have to get to either of you. Dear, two. dear. I'm glad I've, it's not Hugh Evans after a tin of beans. I thought you were going to be sitting his neither. Do you remember Roger the Cursey and Nicky Bear? I, I thought it was going to be a sort of ventriloquist act there. I don't know what there. you just said. You forgetting how young Andy Halliday and I are. If he doesn't remember France 98, he certainly is young. I must admit, I'm a bit disappointed in you at that. What do you mean? How old were you at France 98? Um, six. I'll let you away with that. Fair enough. Uh, right, David is on the line. How are you, David? I'm okay, guys. Hope you're all well. Yeah, what are you thinking about? The, was it the campaign overall you wanted to discuss, or last yeah, night specifically? A bit of everything. I think the standout guy who we need to mention, and we can't mention enough, Steve Clark. 
he has taken us from a bit of a laughing stock to a team who have now got a rightly decent reputation. If you had said after the, the the group was drawn that mathematically with the with the last game we could still win the group, the lock jump's gonna be the keys. The team has been absolutely amazing um, all the way through until last night. Now was it a was it a pointless game, whatever. The defence was getting pulled around left, right and centre. The left side just seemed to be very weak. And the young striker, I don't know, he just seemed out of his depth. He had no idea what he was doing. Why not play Shanklin a lot, a lot earlier than he, he did get on? Because as you say, that boy just didn't seem to have a clue where he was going. I, I like David's call because it kind of covers both sides in that you can't really criticise Steve Clark, and you, you you shouldn't question him too much because it's back to back Euros with a World Cup playoff in between, and yeah. the difference nowadays is, is remarkable. And, Andy but, made a good point earlier on when he spoke about the players gaining more experience from the last Euros. They've had a lot more caps. They've played in a lot more high profile, high pressure games. They've not won them all, but they've learned from the experiences, whether they're winning or whether they're losing. And I think you can say the same about the manager. Because I think the manager does things now that he wouldn't necessarily have done at the start of his reign. Remember losing 4-0 to Russia in Moscow? Horrible game. Even that last European Championship campaign when we finally qualified via the penalty shootout in Belgrade, there's an awful lot of personnel changes in the squad from then to now. And I think he's struck on a squad that he likes. He mentioned mm. it after the game last night. Sometimes you need to hold your nerve. And if players aren't playing regularly for their clubs, McTominay at one stage, Tierney at one stage, Gilmer at one stage, you can get through a few more as well. He stuck by them because he felt he had the core of a very good squad. He stuck with them. He'll go back to the three because I think he tried the four at the back for these last two games just to confirm that mm. it's not for us and it's not for us. But see, on that quickly, Henry, the kind of that point's just came up. We'll get back to the original train of thought in a second. Can we be so sure, given that it was a four with, you know, backup personnel? Is that you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that for the bin, or would it be better if Tierney and Robertson and Hickey and whoever else were available? Yeah, potentially. But we spoke earlier about what has Steve Clark learned over the last couple of fixtures. I do think, you know, that diversity within the squad if you do have to change that's why I was campaigning a little bit for Ben Doak why I would have liked to have seen him in this squad um, because look we're going to a full 3-3 free free. we're playing with two wingers we've got five centre mids in there we've got Kenny McLean on one uh, left hand side Stuart Armstrong on the other so I do think if you're going into a major tournament who's not to say touch wood that we don't lose and Andy Robertson a Kieran Tierney a couple of members of the back uh, the back five and then we do need to go to a back four that's where I do think Hopefully you can get one or two wingers within there. The issue is, as Roger touched on earlier, it's a 23-man squad, so there's not not a lot of scope to get wrong. Give me that mic back since mine isn't working. Um, but back to, to David's original point, we've given Steve Clark all the praise, but you know, here to analyse everything. After Lauren Shankland came on and scored at, you know, on Friday night, Thursday night, did, did you expect him to then be the one that started? What did you make of Jacob Brown playing? And ultimately, did he take his chance? It's an interesting one. I think it's it's one we've spoke about before when you know, I look at the comparisons when Lee Griffiths was in the Scotland squad and you would see 
Chris Martin playing quite a lot of the time who doesn't have the same goal record or the goal threat I think it's very very similar now I think you've seen in Georgia if Scotland need a goal you want Lauren Shanklin on the field over Jacob Brown I don't think there's any doubt I also shouldn't really admit this is a pundit I, I haven't actually seen Jacob Brown a whole lot in terms of internationally and at club level so I was looking forward to seeing him last night to see what his attributes were what he could contribute to Scotland and I've seen a very very willing runner somebody who'll put himself about shows a lot of tenacity I think if you are playing with that sort of lone striker role he does have a lot of attributes that suit that but for me I think you have to be a goal threat out with the chance that he probably should uh, score yeah. before the the, uh, the lead up to Stuart Armstrong scoring the third for me, I don't think he'd done enough. Um, whether that means he drops out of the whole squad altogether, I think a lot will come down to how his club form is from now to the end of the, end of the season. But of course, I think there's going to be a bit of bias to myself, but I do know for Lawrence Shanklin, if we need a goal, if we're going to the Euros, we need something to fling on for the last 5-10 minutes, Lawrence Shanklin's your man. I think that's the thing that will go in his favour. If, if you look at the squad, realistically, Steve Clarence going to take Che Adams, yeah? Yep. And he's going to take Lyndon Dykes, yeah? Yeah. So wh whichever one starts the games, they might both get a turn. They are head and shoulders in Steve Clark's head above the rest of the strikers. If it's a 23-man squad, there's only one more going, as well as Adams and Dykes, I think we can argue. So I think you're looking at either Shankland or Brown, Kevin Nisbet, if he gets fit and scores goals. Kevin Nisbet played off the bench in all three games at the last Euros. Or Ben Doak as a wild card. Um, if you're picking the team, the squad now, I agree with you, Shanklin would be my third striker. But I think there's a lot of football mm. to be played. He's going to need to keep scoring. He's going to need to keep himself ahead of Brown and Nisbet and Doak in the manager's thoughts as well. It feels like there's not that long, David. There's not, not that many games. You know, had Lauren Shanklin started last night, he then gets an opportunity to say he scores. That, that, that changes the picture completely, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so, but I, I just thought that young boy just seemed so at his depth last night. He just seemed to be running about trying to, I don't know, just try and breath, and he, he wasn't. He just seemed like a boy amongst men. He's just as if he had no idea what he was doing. Is that Clark's fault? Did Clark not put him right? I don't know. It is tough though, isn't it? Because maybe not the same, not maybe not the same debate we had there about you know Xander Clark because he's playing in you know a kind of makeshift back line anyway. But Jacob Brown, it's okay. Go on then. You've got one start on you go. Yeah, Shows what you and, can do and, in a game that actually a lot of your teammates look like they've taken and the foot it's off not the gas necessarily anyway. a position that he plays for his club. You know, if you look at Luton Town, Carlton Morris, who was once of Hamilton Aggies. Mm -hmm. Carlton Morris is the centre forward I mean Brown plays He plays off one side or the other You know um, So to be asked to go and lead the line Is something that Is something he's done before But he's not done it with the regularity That a Lauren Shanklin or a Kevin Nisbet has So it was a big ask for Jacob Brown last night And you always say about young players Or inexperienced players Or new players Gordon All you can do is give them the chance It's up to them to take the chance And we've spoken about some of the guys earlier Angus Gunn took his chance He had five clean sheets at the start of the campaign Aaron Hickey took his chance. You know, Andy said he, he's the unsung hero because he's moved ahead of Patterson and Ralston. And when you pick a team, he is going to be the first choice, right wing back. Um, Shanklin took his chance with a late goal in Tbilisi last Thursday evening. I wasn't so sure the likes of Jacob Brown took his chance last night. Thank you very much to David. It's that time of the night already. Beat the 
Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. It's going to be really interesting if my mic still isn't working and I have to sit here for Beat the Pundit, but we'll see how it goes. 01419511025 and the lines close at 7, so get in touch. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here. It's 01419511025. We're asking you, what did you make of the Norway game last night? How would you assess the campaign overall? What was the key moment? What was the standout result? Who was the top performer? Who was the unsung hero? And what are you thinking ahead of Germany next summer? Let us know all of the above. 01419511025. And we'll play this first. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football You know it's a tough school on a Monday night is these two 100% record Roger Hannah and Andy Halliday I was away in a stag do at the weekend and there were genuine calls from the groom's father uh, for you to be moved on to minus two, Roger hey, Hanna. What a weekend you guys I know exactly. Have. It was wild, yeah, let yeah, me tell you're you. Sitting there talking it, was, the it was wild. <laughs> they were saying, who's who's this Hanna guy? That, that was the way the question was put across. <laughs> Too good, got to go on minus two. That was the show. Do you know what? Yeah. I, if I talk about wild conversation, I had the exact same conversation about three years ago with a mate of mine on See? the phone. See? <laughs> Listen, you're you're. It's the one that I beat on beat the pundit. Right, your remember. mate phoned in, uh, didn't he? Uh, I prefer the one past now because I'm at a times he passed that night. <laughs> Javi. Uh, Oh, my son, microphone was still broken. You were still sitting <laughs> on his knee. You are hot property on beat the pundit, Roger Hanna. Discussed up and down the country. I must say, right? Thomas is in Cumbernauld. How's it going, Thomas? How you doing, panel? All right. No, right, Thomas. We don't. Uh, have you ever played before, bad. Thomas? I played, I think it was the uh, middle of last year right. uh, against. It was actually Andy Halliday. Oh, this could be a rematch. He beat you. Oh, I smashed me. <laughs> He's back on for more. <laughs> I love that. Don't mind it. Just like not not put off by the experience at all. Good, right? I'm feeling a bit fragile this weekend. Are I you? Don't, I've, I've not. I've only watched one game this weekend. You know, that's not a lot for right, me. But I'm the questions are all about this weekend, though. I know, but you, you feel better prepared, I, I know, you, when you watch all the games. Too much time spent putting Christmas trees up and decorating spare bedrooms. If Christmas all that movie questions, you'd there. be all over oh, it. Thomas, you'd oh, be in oh, trouble. Oh. Uh, anyway, right, we'll, um, we'll leave Kevin McAllister to it. Let's toss the coin. Heads, it will be Andy. Tails, it's Roger Hanna. And it is heads, Mr. Oh, Christmas. Oh, a rematch. Up against Thomas. Oh, <laughs> Right, let's give Andy some greatest hits radio. I don't think we've gone Christmas music yet, but we'll find out very soon. Thomas, you know the script here. 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can. If you want to pass and move on, that's fine, okay? Okay. Let's go then. 30 seconds on the clock, and your time starts now. How many goals has John McGinn got for Scotland now? 13 Who succeeded Jock Wallace as Rangers manager? Oh god Pass Name any of the scorers for Scotland under 21s in their 2-0 win against Belgium Pass Who were the last team to beat Celtic in the league? Kamalak True or false Air are called the honest men because of a line in a Robbie Burns poem True Who was the captain of Celtic between 2002-2004? Scott Brown Okay Andy Halliday, are you ready? I was watching his facial expression the full time. Yeah. I, I, I don't like it. Question one. In the opening scene of It's a Wonderful Life, 
By the way, there's there's one question that we'll say. Huh? There's one question. There's all there's Roger Hannah wants no, no, to know. No, 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 it's going to cause chaos. <laughs> oh, here we go. Why? Here we go. I don't even know which one it is. I'll explain after. Right, okay, let's go. Oh no. Have, have we got a Shores inquiry already? No, no. All right. Uh, 30 seconds on the clock, Andy. Your time starts now. How many goals has John McGinn got for Scotland now? 18. Who succeeded Jock Wallace as Rangers manager? Uh, John Gregg. Name any of the scorers for Scotland 21s in the 2 0 win against Belgium? Lyle Cameron. Who were the last team to beat Celtic in the league? Uh, parts True or false Error called the honest men Because of a line In a Robbie Burns poem True Who was the captain of Celtic Between 2002-2004 Steve McManus Plymouth or Giles Ryan Hardy Started his career At which Scottish club Rangers But That's okay. true Thomas Have you done enough You've been beaten by Andy before You've given it a go again Did you do enough uh, No <laughs> I think he's done me again <laughs> One more and you get to go on Andy's mantelpiece alongside all these Christmas decorations. <laughs> uh, John McGinn Put a wee hat on you. has got 18. He's the sixth joint all-time scorer alongside Kenny Miller. But Kenny Miller was saying last night, never a penalty, never a penalty. <laughs> Too high. <laughs> Incidentally, right, now I'm as biased as they come when it comes to Scotland, right, Roger Hanna? But I like to think I can be fair-minded in the age of VAR. I thought that ball was too high up the arm to be a penalty. No, it's a penalty. But you think that was below the t-shirt line? Yeah, I think it was a penalty. I'm, I'm, I'm we got. Mm. I spoke. It, I, I thought that was going to get overturned. But listen, no complaints no, in my no. household. And by the way, ticks, look, it's going towards goal, and it, the arms up, yeah. and it definitely hits the arm. But if that rule still exists, yeah, as far as I'm aware, penalty. Okay. <laughs> um, just try, Kenny Miller just put me up to that. I'm just to see what to seeing this. Who succeeded Jock Wallace as Rangers manager? Is that the question that's going to cause chaos? Yeah. Why? What did you say, John Gregg? What did, what did Thomas yeah, say? He got it wrong Well nothing I think he passed mm-hmm. What about Graham Souness? That's the answer No John Gregg's no. the answer So right. is Graham Souness He had two spells As Rangers manager There you go See Producer causing chaos that None of you were well, so what, what, giving it to Andy that, then It kind of has to be Andy well, he, he, he's yeah. answered it correctly Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine But there, okay. was two, there was two men Who succeeded John Wallace Ah right got you, got you John Gregg Okay because okay, I didn't specify I, which Which film Alright um Listen, you're going to find out that Thomas's part in this quiz is actually not um, not that important, <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way possible, Thomas. Um, the Scotland 21s beat Belgium 2-0. Great result, by the way. Yeah. Because I've got a bit of a theory that we don't seem to get many wins at various youth levels we'll anymore. Win tomorrow. It's the first time we've won four in a row in 28 years. But uh, yeah, that's a great result. Jeremiah Mullen of Legionated. Leeds and Lyle Cameron of... Indeed. There we go. Andy got it. So he's running away with it. 3-0. The last team to beat Celtic in the league. Um, well, you should know it wasn't Hearts. It was, that, it's just... it was Edinburgh rivals. Remember? End of last season. League over. Oh yeah. yeah Scott, Scott Bain in goal. Scott Bain. Not a vintage evening. Um... You still there, Thomas? Yep. It's not going great though, is it? No, it's not going too great. However, the true or false dug you out a hole. Air are called the honest right. men because of a line in a Rabbi Burns poem. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah? did yeah. get it right. There you go. Yeah, true. You know which one? Uh, Tom Shanta. It is. You want to give us a verse? For so never a town like air surpasses for honest men and bonny lasses. I mean, seriously. It's not right. Start minus, minus four. Three. Minus three. And it was actually written... On the wall of the Tamashanta pub in the high street in the air. Oh, that's why you know it. Right. Yep. And the other wall said Guinness, Heineken Tenants. I thought the other wall said <laughs> Gordon DL no longer welcome. 
I might get the former Air United manager to try and recite that when he's on tomorrow. Uh, the captain of Celtic between 2002-2004. Paul Lambert. Paul Lambert thinks of ill and that, that's the sort of uh, easy way of looking at it. Uh, none of you got it. Still Andy out in front and he stretched his lead. Plymouth Argyles, Ryan Hardy started his career at Rangers, doing very well now in the Championship. A 1-2-3-4, I think a 5-1 win for Andy Halliday. Hard lines, Thomas. Thanks for playing. Thanks, Thank well Thanks, Thanks, Thomas. Um, what are you two whispering at? I mean, we are on the live stream. Everyone I wasn't can sure see if you. that was going to be the controversial one, Ryan Hardy, because I, I, I didn't remember he played, but Roger Hannah's put me right. What do you mean? He did make his debut. I, For I Rangers? Oh, that. no, I played a good number of I times. Don't I've got a theory that he, he ran all over the top of Mark Wilson in a Rangers Dumbarton game, mm-hmm. and Ryan Hardy scored twice. Mm-hmm. And Mark. So I'm trying to think if it was this because I know Mark Wilson, believe it or not, for Dumbarton yeah. scored a screamer against Rangers. Uh-huh. But I think in the same game, Ryan Hardy scored a double. But maybe, maybe I'm we'll getting need, the two we'll fixtures need to mixed check with up. Him. I would like to. It was a very quiet weekend for Super Scoreboard. No Saturday show. You were putting up the Christmas tree, sort in the spare room. You were away mm-hmm. in a stag do. I was helping move my son and his girlfriend, and they're moving wow. flat this weekend. I'd love to know what Mark Wilson did over you know, the weekend. He was, he was clay pigeon shooting. He was what? He was clay pigeon shooting. Clay? Pi- no way. Yeah, he tries to act all sort of cultured. I noticed this. I'm going to pull him up on it. Um, if this was a, if this wasn't a family show, I could explain. Um, because he, he went somewhere called County Clays, I believe, thanks to all the people at County Clays, if they're mm-hmm. listening. And he put a picture up on his Instagram, he's got the hat on, looking like a prize, you You're know what. You're kidding me on. Um, so I did a little Photoshop effort on the first word of that uh-huh. of yeah. that company and, and just sent it back to him. But I have to, you know, with it being a family uh, show and all Bounty that. Clays. Exactly, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, 01419511025. Or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, Darrow says, has anyone ever done a heat map for the contestants on Beat the Pundit? Cumbernauld seems to be popular, but I'm not sure Thomas is going to beat Andy. That's an incredible theory. I've got no idea which town produces the most Beat the Pundit contestants. I've never thought about it. I'll take Darrow's word for it. Does Cumbernauld feature heavily on Beat the Pundit? I couldn't tell never you. noticed. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it sticks in my head, but I don't know if it's because every... Champions League or Europa, Europa League game you used to get some expert from Mogai all the time it was just a guy putting on an accent nonsense. do you remember him? absolute <laughs> nonsense these are well the same guy every time. well learned travelled <laughs> European football correspondents I'll have you know uh, a Bulgarian football expert Tom from Mogai <laughs> 01419511025 that is the number you need let's bring in Johnny from Greenock how's it going Johnny? hi how you doing guys? not bad hey, Johnny. you? Johnny uh, just a question here for relation to Steve Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, well, um, success is you know cruising just now two back-to-back Euros where a World Cup playoff in between. Um, not to be the bear bad news, but how long can we realistically hold on to Steve Clark if he keeps on performing like us? Oh, Johnny, I must admit, it's not that's not the mood I wanted to embrace on the, the night after the. It, it's a very finished. valid point, though. I, I, I've, I've actually thought about it myself. You're surprised that you don't see him linked to these jobs that are coming up, where it's obviously up here, which is a bit more unrealistic, or or, uh, or south of the border. But I mean, only 51 games in charge in Scotland, and what a job he's done in that period of time. And you know, I think even look at his. His coaching CV, the clubs he's been at through his career, the job he done at Kilmarnock. Uh, but listen, we're very lucky to have him at Scotland, and long may that continue. Mm. Devil's advocate, and I think we all appreciate the job Steve Clark is doing here. I think he's now is he fourth 
most Scotland appearances as a manager, if that's such a thing, behind Craig Brown, Jock Steen and Andy Roxburgh. He will, I would think, get past at least a couple of them in the next two or three years. And he's coming 61, Steve Clark. And with the best will in the world, is there a job up here that he would take? Probably not. You look at that English Premier League and I think Steve Clark could do a job for a club in there. Of course I do. But you look at some of the appointments English Premier League clubs make, I'm not sure Steve Clark is necessarily the sort of... The, Fashionable the, choice. Aye, the, mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The identical for, for clubs like that. I think Steve Clark in Scotland are a very good marriage yeah. at the minute. I think there's something about international football, Johnny, that, that's suiting Steve Clark at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think probably as well the the gap in between. It seems like a you know one of these coaches that love to spend a lot of time and right into the the every kind of fine detail. Um, I don't know if the week to week running of a club um, might might not be his kind of you know way of actually kind of going around it just now. Um, I think he likes to kind of obviously have a lot of spending time going through the likes of his attack, his defence. So. Um, no, I think the the way the international is going just now is probably a symptom. Yeah, who was the who was the, the top top performer, standout performer on the playing staff throughout this campaign? Is it is it obvious? Is it too obvious? Is it McTominay? Is it someone else? I'm actually going to say McGinn. Um, still, um, it's total talesman just now for the um, for the squad, and um, every time you put him on the park, he's he's getting something uh, through that team. So no, definitely McGinn. So it's been my standout. Any thoughts about the draw, Johnny? Have you had a chance to look at what the pods look like? Who would you, who would you like Scotland to get next summer? I, well, um, no. I, I, see, to be honest, I'm happy I'm there. I'm happy I'm there. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I've not, I've not even looked in that much well, detail, Johnny, mine. but I know Andy Halliday has. Just before we get to that, though, because it's important to pick up on John McGinn, it's not like he's been any worse. It's just that the last campaign he was... He was this, the, like the obvious talisman if you like Scott McTominay's chipped in with the goals but you look at John McGinn last night taking the captain's armband moving on to 18 as we said he's level with Kenny Miller he's only one behind Ali McCoist and he's only got one more cap than Ali McCoist by the way um, I mean Laurie Riley obviously we're going back a bit he's four short of, of Laurie Riley and six short of Huey Gallagher but again yeah. we're talking the 20s and 30s here um, I think it, Huey's got more goals and caps, hasn't he? One point two goals per game he had. Yeah, yeah, twenty four and twenty. Um, but still three goals in eight games as well. Still made a significant mm-hmm. contribution with his goal, his goal tally. He obviously, he's a, he's a big influence in the in the Stuart Armstrong goal last night. Uh, and listen, we talked about that diversity in the squad. If we do have to change shape, but the source of goals with the roles that McGinn and McTominay are playing in this back five, they're playing a lot closer to whoever the striker may be. They find themselves in advanced areas in the box all the time. My goal with the campaign that I've gave uh, to McGinn and Cyprus was that combination mm-hmm. play between McTominay and McGinn. So I think we've found a, a real shape, a real style that fits us, but I think players are playing in roles that really suit them you as well. You look at them as well, Andy. You know, we talk about, yes, they'll get more camps, yes, they'll get more experience. Look at them club-wise since the last Euros. John McGinn's now captain of Aston Villa in the English Premier League he might well lift a European trophy for Aston Villa this season Callum McGregor captain of Celtic Andy Robertson has had the captain's armband at Liverpool when you hear you know we complain that he's injured and missing the games Jurgen Klopp's been complaining that he's been injured and missing Liverpool games that's how important he is at club level as well Scott McTominay when, when Eric Ten Hag was at his lowest point and he's had a few Man United yeah, TV 
turned to Scott McTominay as a senior player in that dressing room, you know, to deliver the sort of backing to Eric Ten Hag, if you like. These guys are serious players at club level and they're now coming together to be serious players on the international stage. Uh, go on then, you've been doing your research. What's the dream and nightmare draw looking like? And it's not finalised, obviously, because the, the pot's... Um, you know, pot four in particular teams can change, but mm-hmm. shows you're you're working. Well, people have been not complaining. That's the wrong word, but a bit downbeat over the last two performances as a result. But it was very smart management by Steve Clark securing that pot three, deliberate avoiding pot two. Uh, listen, <laughs> I thought it was outstanding management, but I, I've been looking at my dream draw, my nightmare draw. I think the dream draw, surprisingly enough, as the hosts, I do think Germany for that pot one. Not done well in previous campaigns, obviously not made a major tournament in that p- uh, period as well. Had Even a couple of the, heavy defeats. The power that the hosts have, that the, momentum. Nah, nah, no. I rotate them, no problem okay. at all. Uh, I think recency bias takes into account that we've had a lot of positive results against Austria over the years. Okay. Take them out of pot two. Fine. And then pot four obviously could change, but from what I'm seeing so far, I'm, I'm taking Slovenia. So Germany, Austria, Slovenia... Secures Scotland. us a passage to the next round through the group. So that's the that's the dream. That's the dream. What's the nightmare? Oh no. Don't know if I want to talk about it so much since we played them not too long ago and they've just won 14 now the other day. <laughs> but I would try my best to avoid France out of pot I, I'd agree with that in my limited I'd, knowledge. I'd try my best. Denmark, I mean you look at how they've uh, how they've played in previous campaigns. Ah, it was um, semi-finalists in, in Euro 2020, am I right? We got to the final, beat uh, obviously off England and the in an extra time I would avoid them at all costs at pot two uh, and again pot four I think is as tough as you're going to get probably as Switzerland done well in major tournaments as well not in their finest form right now but I'd try and avoid them for pot you four you can get one of the Nations League playoff winners as well in that out of pot four and the beauty of this Andy is 24 team tournament 16 of the teams will get through to the knockout stages four of the six third place teams, you might go into this and only need to win one game to create history and become the first Scotland team to get beyond the groups at major finals. Um, yeah, you're you're looking at the 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 options, and it's sometimes difficult to tell because you you base a lot of it maybe on history and so on. But there, there are teams within this qualification campaign that wouldn't have the big name and the big reputation, but have been excellent and are mm. there and are in those pots, like Scotland. On Mer- well, mm-hmm. why not? But other teams as well. Yeah, Albania, top of their group. Yeah. Romania, top of their group. Yeah, teams like Hungary, you know, much yeah. better than you, you sort yeah. of think they are, if, if that makes sense. Um, but no, it's going to be interesting. December 2nd, is it? December 2nd, yeah, weekend December Saturday 2nd. in Hamburg, tea time. My dad's birthday. Is it? Yeah. Many happy to turn December 2nd. Get my wee flight to, to Germany as a, as a present. Um, but yeah, I mean, Johnny, overall, how would you just sum it up looking back on everything? I was at the Spain game um, at Hamden and as soon as that second goal went in I was in dreamland um, so anything else was a bonus um, from that game but to come in second in a group and going away to Euros nah you couldn't write it to be honest um, especially the years of sitting watching complete misery um, it's, nah it's been, a, it's been a great campaign I'm jealous I'm jealous of, I wasn't there that night I get to most of them but work and whatever else that Spain game unbelievable thank you very much to Johnny in Greenock, keep your calls coming right now, please. Going to get these to a teaser. Um, let me run this past you first, though. Cash for Kids. Mission Christmas. With J&D Pierce, Scotland's premier structural steel specialist. Changing landscapes across the UK. 
Now it is officially that time of the year because Andy Halliday has got his Christmas tree up. But what it also means is that Cash for Kids Mission Christmas is back and we know that Christmas, when it comes around, can be a really difficult time of year for lots of families in our local area and this year in particular, extremely difficult because of the cost of living crisis and everything that's going on. Um, just imagine how tough that's going to be for families that were already close or, or over the poverty line. So we're trying to make a difference, as we always do at this time of year, and you can help. In fact, we need you to help by supporting Cash for Kids Mission Christmas. So we're trying to let you hear a little bit about the sort of difference your money can make. So we're going to hear from John Bosco from the More Hope Foundation. They're based in the East End. Uh, they support families mainly from ethnic and minority backgrounds who are struggling in poverty. And he's been telling us just about you know the simple things, the small things that they do, you know, even even something as, as simple as a, a change and, and giving them some food to put a smile on their faces. That's one of the motivating factors that bring children to our project, especially when they know that they're going to have that jar of rice. You see them coming up to the project and whenever they come to project, the first question they will ask you, are we going to have jar of rice today? You know, we're not trying to come up with grand gestures here. We're talking about putting food on the table for children that don't have it. In some parts of Glasgow in the West, one in two children live in poverty easily the worst statistic we read out on this show and uh, we can't always make it this big magical day just trying to make a bit of a difference every penny raised we can guarantee that 100% of the funds go straight back to those families that do need your help so if you want to find out more please do visit clyde1.com forward slash mission taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Right, it's that time of the night where the two brain boxes, Halliday and Hannah, put their minds together and try and come up with the answers to this question. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Tough question. Very tough question indeed. Michael Donati sent it in. Thank you uh, very much. For sit, what are you pointing at, Andy Halliday? Every time I see Bev- Bevis McGavey linked with a country, I just think of Gordon Diel. Because he, is he playing for Uganda yeah, at the moment? For Uganda Not Argentina, it's Gordon Diel. <laughs> no. Once wrongly answered on Beat the Pundit. So your question tonight, can you name the last 10 players who've scored for Scotland, but they've got fewer than 10 caps? That is extremely wow. difficult. I mean, luckily, there are quite a few recent examples. So I think that's where you'll come into your own Andy Halliday. Yeah. You might rely on your partner here. So who are the last 10 players to score for Scotland? Shanklin's who've got getting fewer the nod. than 10. Well done, he's got seven caps. Stuart Finlay. Yep, one cap, San Marino goal, 2019. Um, Kevin Nisbet. Yep, scored against the Netherlands. Remember Netherlands, at the yeah. warm-up game for Euro 2020. Oh, hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just my bad. It's 10 caps or or fewer, not fewer than 10. He's the only one. He's got 10. So he's got 10, exactly. He's got, but yeah, right, so right, so okay. Don't worry about the rest. Portis. Yep. Scored against Cyprus, didn't he? He's got eight caps. One more guess and we'll move on. Um, oh, these guys now have got more caps, haven't they? Um, Even so Brophy? T- no, never scored. Didn't score 10. Played, but didn't score. 10. Players, yeah. Mm. Right, okay. Okay. Uh, we'll get back to it. Remind me, your unsung hero was Angus Gunn. Angus Yours Gunn, yeah. Aaron Hickey. Maybe, maybe, I need to, maybe I need to word it differently to give the guy the credit he deserves, the, the breakthrough star of the campaign, I don't know. But just when you said Ryan Portis there, can we... Yeah, listen, We Ryan really Portis. shouldn't overlook. Comes in in that game in Ukraine. Remember the yeah. big debate? Again, go back. It was Remember him or Declan Gallagher? That yeah. was the discussion because yeah. we had injuries. And we're saying, well... 
know, Gallagher's played before, but Porteous is quicker. Right, okay, Ryan Porteous plays, and then up until, I think, up until last night, played every competitive game and since, from was, the start. That was one of the, we spoke earlier on, the decisions that Steve Clark has made. You know, Steve Clark played Declan Gallagher, did really well for Scotland, better than anyone would have imagined. Andy Considine, I was who about did to a, say a that. Andy Considine did the same. But if you're playing with Declan Gallagher and Andy Considine in a back three, there are limitations simply because of the lack of pace. And Steve Clark wanted to find a defensive formation, back three, that could defend higher up the pitch. He wanted to squeeze the play. Um, to do that, though, you need defenders who are quicker over the ground. And Porteous, Hendry and Tierney gave him that option. And that was the thing. And I remember Porteous's debut it was in Poland against Ukraine in that game. And I covered the game the following Saturday for Super Scoreboard up at Dingwall. He's gone from Poland to Dingwall and he was outstanding. He scored a free kick for Hibs. I think he set up the other goal. He looked like a 16-year-old playing in another 11s game. And you knew then that he wasn't going to be around at Hibs for much longer. And you knew then really that he was going to kick on his career internationally as well. And this has been, as you say, Gordon, his breakthrough campaign. Yeah, and it was interesting because you see... Lauren Shanklin being a, a late call-up replacement to the squad by Shea Adams uh, withdrawing John Carver actually compares his, his situation to Ryan Portis he says can he grasp his uh, can he grab his chance the way Ryan Portis does when he gets a Ukraine call-up and, and you're completely right since he's came in he's been excellent I thought the game in, uh, in Cyprus as well where he gets his first goal I thought he was man of the match that night uh, and then I've got to G back up my teammate Lauren Shanklin took, took that chance it'll be very interesting to see what happens between them in the summer Is that the case you know, if you're looking at kind of Particular skill set is it the is it the pace of that back line that that, I, that works? I think. Listen, in my opinion, your best three right now, and obviously this could change is, is Jack Henry, Kieran Tierney, Ryan Portis. I think that has a mix of everything. I think there's aerial ability there. They're they're all good on the ball. They're quick. They're positionally very good. I think I'm being harsh and probably Grant Hanley there because I think his performances for Scotland has been excellent. Mm. And I think over the the Euro 2020 campaign for me, he was probably Scotland's best player over the games. But I do think that. The blend of attributes that they three have got, I think is really suited to a back three. I think within that, it's always seen as a more defensive formation. I think you can then press higher up the pitch. I think you can have a higher line because of the uh, the recovery pace the three of them have. But um, yeah, I, I, I do really like what Scotland have at the moment. And for me, I think right now we do have a sort of best 11, 12 players, but a lot can change between now and, and June. Yeah, but without a lot can change. We spoke about it earlier on. Injuries might dictate a lot of the squad as well. Um, I think Steve Clark probably, like any other manager, wouldn't mind if UEFA come back and said, actually, you can take 26 to the finals mm -hmm. because it would save him some very Is difficult... Is it nailed on absolutely beyond doubt? No, but I think, right. I think in all likelihood I it would be that, Yeah, that, that's kind of what I thought. Um, because, and, and you know, just, it seems to be reported as fact, I guess, because it, it, it probably is going to turn out to be. But There, there are going to be some big decisions, you know, that, that, this last camp... As we said earlier in the show, no Robertson, no Tierney, no Hanley, no Hickey, no Gunn, no Adams. It's inconceivable Scotland could go to the European Championship finals next summer without those six players. Um, so Steve Clark <coughs> will just hope that he has a clean bill of health. And it's terrible, you know, from a personal point of view, Andy's a player, it would be terrible for any of the players who have played such a significant role in getting Scotland to the finals, mm -hmm. if anything was to befall them and they missed going to the tournament. Yeah, maybe that's one for tomorrow night, because this has been a kind of look back and credit where it's due. Maybe tomorrow you can all spend the day writing down your 23. You need to get it nailed in. 
you are making the decision maybe we could do that tomorrow night and uh, have a look forward uh, we're doing a bit of looking back at the moment certainly on that campaign and trying to give credit where it's due and look at some of the, the big moments and maybe even last night in terms of what was learned um, and things that, that Steve Clark might have picked up on um, it just felt like a, you wonder if Steve Clark almost what, what he kind of took away Andy last night because we're all you know we're on the outside it seemed like a strange game it felt like there was like long spells of possession for, mm-hmm. for each team it like taking 15 minutes each at having a go at attacking yeah well our first caller of the night John spoke about a weird atmosphere I think um, John McGinn mentioned it in his, his post-match interview as well and I think it just does show the power of the Tartan Army when it comes to these home games at Hamden because I thought it reflected onto the pitch I thought the, the Scotland performance of the first half was was pretty flat uh, I actually thought Scotland's best period in the game in, in the first half sorry came just before uh, Norway got their second goal uh, and then I thought the second half for me was a was a much better performance it was more like the Steve Clark that we're, we're used to seeing um, I think defensively for me we were poor but I do think a lot of that is down to the change of shape change of personnel let's not forget in the first six campaign games we'd only conceded three goals uh, and obviously missing so many key players in the, in the defensive third of the pitch has led to you know, five being conceded in the last mm. two. Um, but I thought overall it was a bit... It certainly felt like a weird game. I wasn't at the game. I couldn't quite experience the atmosphere. But watching it on the telly, it seemed that way. But that being said, I still thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, I still thought Scotland had some very, very good spells. Uh, and I think throughout the campaign, I think there's so much positive to move forward with. Um, hypothetically, let's, oh my... Whatever the emphasised version of touching wood is, let's do it. Yeah, Kieran Tierney doesn't make the Euros, okay? But Andy Robertson does. Do you stick with the back five and try and ask Scott McKenna to do the Kieran Tierney role? Or is it a back four and you're more comfortable with it because the left-back's Andy Robertson this time? Like we said, are you are you chucking the back four in the bin over the last couple of games or admitting that maybe it would be different if, if other personnel was there? If you have all the personnel, it's a difficult... I... Th- I... I would think Scott McKenna would come in for Kieran Tierney. And you would just H- stay with the same... However, if the personnel happens to be gun and goal, Robertson and Hickey as full-backs and Hendry and Portis as centre-backs, as they were that night in Poland against Ukraine, I think Steve Clark would give due consideration to a back four. Um, I don't think the back four, as a unit, the goalkeeper, cover themselves in glory in the last two games, losing five goals to Georgia and Norway. I think back five, definitely. Mm. It's not only just, I think, the attacking outlet that Andy Robertson gives as well. Because I thought in the first half with that, uh, with the back four and and, and Kenny McLean playing inside the pitch and and, and the same on the other side with Armstrong, I don't think we got the same attacking output from Greg Taylor and Nathan Patterson than we do from Aaron Hicken and Andy Robertson. Of course, there's a lot more freedom when it is the back five. uh, But I think they offer so much going forward. And not only that, like I touched on earlier, I think this role... John McGinn and Scott McTominay have got in this box midfield four playing closer to the striker I think they've really thrived on as well so uh, listen it was it was an almost a, a bit of an experiment I do think it's 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 really important because there's not to say that you're a last 15-20 minutes in a game in the in the major tournament mm-hmm. that you, you don't change to a back four when you're chasing a goal whatever it may be but I think for me right now I think it would be a direct replacement and Andy Robertson would stay left wing back mm, Jeffrey's on the line how's it going Jeffrey? Yeah, not bad how are you? Good good what were your watched, standout moments then and Top performers over the campaign? Um, all in all, it was a great campaign. Uh, my 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 match of the tournament would probably be 
the win against Spain at Hamden, which we didn't think was going to happen, but it happened. Um, my player of this the tournament would probably be McTominay for his goals, which was unexpected. And um, my man of the tournament would probably um, Jordan again. See, it's the same names coming up, which is understandable. It's clearly been a, it's been a collective effort. I think it has to be, doesn't it, for for to have the sort of level of comfort that we had yeah. within that group. And it's going to be the same players because they all come from that core unit that we spoke about earlier on, Jeffrey. You know, whatever happens, if Manchester United's manager was to change and suddenly Scott McTominay's not in the match day squad, he'd still be in the Scotland squad. You know, mm-hmm. if anything was to happen at Aston Villa and John McGinn was banished to the deserves, it's still with the first name in the Scotland team sheet. Steve Clark has faith in these players. He's told the players so. The players have faith in Steve Clark. They've come to this stage together and, and they'll stay together. And, you know, you're talking, Gordon, about inviting callers tomorrow night to give us the 23. I would imagine 19 or 20 of those names on every Neither list gone. will be the same. It's hard to believe that night in Belgrade that we mentioned earlier, Scott McTorley, if sent a half. Yeah. A lot's changed in that period of time. He's a talisman now. If he gets any further forward, Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams are in bother. I'm not, I'm not sure that won't happen at some point. I can just, almost, I can just imagine it, um, given the the way it's gone in the last few years. Jeffrey, do you are you bothered about the failure to win last night? Or was it, you know, was it just one of those nights that you just take that and move on? Yeah, it was just a great atmosphere. I don't know if you saw the beginning of the game. Where it said uh, the 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 north stand. Yeah, uh, yeah, the the tifo display, didn't they? Brilliant! That was brilliant. Um, and at the end of the game, it, it was just it was just a party atmosphere. But what I want to see is at the beginning of the game, it was a wee bit surreal. Um, it was happily there was the first twenty minutes. I don't think there was much atmosphere, but when mm. the goals started going in, um, it started winding up um, because we've already qualified. Um, it was just the uh, just being there, and I'm sorry, Har- I, I was a bit disappointed that Harland wasn't there, and I think everybody in the stadium wanted to see Harland playing. Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I see. On one hand, I get it, but if he was banging in his hat trick after half an hour, maybe we'd be wishing he wasn't there. But yeah, he was absent. So was Odegaard, and so were a few of Scotland's star names at the back as well. So um, a bit of change, I suppose. I'm just looking at the lineups for Northern Ireland against Denmark, and this is where we perfectly transition from international football to domestic football. The Denmark starting eleven: Matt O'Reilly. And I believe he's got Christian Eriksen number 10 jersey, is that correct? Um, he's taken a leap of faith and fair play to Matt O'Reilly. He has been the outstanding player in the Scottish Premiership this season. He's got six league goals already. He has got countless assists. He has honed this relationship he's got with Kyogo Furuhashi. And he's taken the decision. We talk about Angus Gunn and all these other players, Harvey Barnes and Anthony Gordon. What country will they pick? Matt O'Reilly has... Not chosen England, he's chosen Denmark. He has one under 21 caps, he has been patient, he's been in the senior squad without making a debut. He was in the bench at the weekend when they beat, uh, was it Slovenia they beat at home just to seal qualification? And now his patience has been rewarded at Windsor Park tonight against Northern Ireland and good luck to him. 
Yeah, I mean, I echo everything that Roger said there. I thought last season he had a great campaign as well, finished the campaign with the most assists in the league, but I think he's kicked on to another level. Uh, I think this midfield three at Celtic is so strong and you go from month to month who's had the better month it's, is it Hattati is it McGregor is it O'Reilly but I think every month this year has been Matt O'Reilly mm -hmm. I think he's been the real standout even in the Champions League as well I think his performances have went up a level I was going to say not so much the Northern Ireland starting 11 but the Northern Ireland bench will know all about Matt O'Reilly Caelan Boyd-Munz and Conor McMenamin Cousins both at St Mirren Ross McCausland of Rangers Jordan Jones uh, Brody Spencer of Motherwell <laughs> it is like a Scottish Premiership select that Northern Ireland bench but um, not so much the starting 11 uh, Conor Hazard you'll remember him uh, in goals but interesting very interesting to see how Matt O'Reilly does uh, playing for Denmark tonight thank you to Geoffrey what about your teaser then who are the last 10 players to score for Scotland who've got 10 caps or fewer Stuart Finlay Kevin Nisbet Ryan Porteous and Lawrence Shankland team on the telly Denmark John Suter Yes, seven caps, one goal. Now, I remember back in the day, there was a lad, he was in loan at Rotherham and he played for Ross County and Kilmarnock and he played for Cardiff and uh, Chris Park. No. Oh, I had Chris Park. Too far well. away? Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Oh, that's my next question done then. My next answer, sorry. Was? Well, I don't even know if he scored. But I feel as if I remember the Jamie Murphy scored against Mexico. Uh, he's not on the list, so I don't think he did. What about Danny Wilson? Danny Wilson is on it. Faroe Islands, 2010, five yeah. caps. Um, and similarly, American-based Johnny Russell. No. Okay, four to five to get. We'll get them next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final parts of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here Matt O'Reilly has almost set up a goal for Denmark against Northern Ireland in the early stages uh, just trying to keep an eye on Scottish Premiership based players now that we are done. I mean Scotland's done it's sold news qualified for the Euros oh, yeah, no big deal on we go um, you two are working your way through this teaser the last 10 players to score for Scotland who've got 10 caps or fewer uh, Danny Wilson Stuart Finlay Kevin Nisbet John Souter Ryan Porteous and Lawrence Shankland thanks to Michael Donati for sending it in and if you want to do that, you like the sound of it, you want to come up with a question and get it used on the show, the address you need is full time at Clyde1.com. Did you get any more during the break? What about Craig Beatty? Uh, no. Speaking to him today, weirdly. Mm -hmm. um, no, he's not on the list. You're not done with the current squad. One more. One more from the current squad. Oh. Six caps and scored last year. Wow. There's a for talking about players though that Lewis Ferguson? No. Oh um did Nathan Patterson score against Fairway? Oh, Anthony Ralston. Ralston. Get in there. Just work your way around them. Anthony Ralston against Armenia six caps. Four to get Ollie Burke? No. Yeah, I had to Ollie Burke. Ah, I'm toiling. Callum Patterson. There's someone on here who's only got three caps but scored against Spain back in twenty eleven. David Goodwillie. David Goodwillie, okay. Three to get, we'll get them before the end of the show. Of course, it's mostly been about international football and this next bit of the week could be quite quiet as we build up to the return of the domestic stuff. We do have a new manager in the Scottish Premiership, though. Ross County have appointed Derek Adams. Uh, let's hear what he had to say. I understand the football club, I understand how it works and uh, 
I think I understand the supporters, the players uh, as well, that you know we, we've got it uh, in the building at this moment in time. And there was always a day that I was going to come back to uh, Ross County if I was given that opportunity. I didn't sell my house nine years ago and uh, I've still got it now. Always good when you've looked after the property side of it. Um, I wonder how his spare room's looking. <laughs> the Christmas tree up, I just left it up from however many years ago. It's easy for me, right, because I have no emotional opinion on what the Ross County managerial situation should be. I just like new shiny things. I was wondering if we would get some new appointment, but they've gone completely the opposite direction. A very familiar face, Roger Hanna. Um, what do you make of it? Um, well, there are three certainties in Dingwall. Roy McGregor will invest heavily in the club. Dave Galloway will have a wimpy on the way to the game. And Derek Adams will come back and try and cement the team in the top flight. Derek Adams, if you remember, led them out of third tier. He led them out of second tier. He beat Celtic in a Scottish Cup semi-final when they were a second tier team. He took them to the final and lost to Dundee United. He brought them into the Premier League at the time. He took them into the top six. So he has inspired previous Ross County teams. And I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility he'll inspire this team to safety this mm. season. They've got a decent squad. They've got goals in the squad. Simon Murray, Eamon Brophy, Jordan White can all score goals. And quite often that's the difference between staying up and not staying up, Gordon. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I do like nice and shiny things as well. I do like to try and see younger uh, younger managers get opportunities in the game, but you can't argue with the appointment. He's obviously in his third spell, knows the club really, really well, went down south, was relatively successful at Plymouth uh, before that ended, then obviously he, his time at Morecambe, so Ross County went with the tried and trusted. Yeah, I think I've worded it clumsily. It's not meant to be any disrespect to Derek no. Adams, who might come and do an unbelievable job. It, I think when you're on the outside and a managerial vacancy comes up, you're a neutral, so to speak. You always think, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. I wonder, are they going to yeah. pull some absolute character in from nowhere? Is he going to come and say ridiculous things in the league? Is there going to be some young up-and-coming manager? The difference is when you are involved in the decision-making process, you're maybe looking for the safest, most familiar and, option. And the difference is you don't often see managers who are in jobs in the EFL in England come to Scotland. It tends to be the other way around, Gordon. It's a bit like the traffic with players. Um, so Derek was in his second spell at Morecambe. He's done particularly well there. He'd led them to a promotion in the past. He'd done well at Plymouth Argyle, as Andy said, when he first went down. He had a spell at Bradford City. Bradford City is a big club. You know, they, they get between fifteen and 20,000 season ticket holders down there. So he was doing good jobs at good clubs, and yet he's decided that his future lies back at Ross County. And, you know, Andy was talking about the young managers. He has only 48. You know, he's got a lot of managerial experience under the bonnet and he'll want to use that experience to take County mm. forward again. And I wonder if we're seeing just quick changes in trends here. There was a, It was fashionable for a couple of months to appoint a young interim manager who was already at the club. We've had two recently, Craig Levine, <laughs> Derek Adams. I wonder if clubs are coming back round to the idea of experience rather than youthful enthusiasm. And again, I'm making this sound like Derek Adams is 90, which is not, not the intention. Trying to say there's hope for Daz in the mushroom yet? Mm, not quite. Being on the outside though, I, I must say, I was shocked when I seen the news that Malcolm McKay got sacked. Um, listen, there's not quite the demand or, or talk in the west of Scotland for Ross County than there is for our clubs up here, but uh, I, I personally didn't see it coming. thought he was doing a... A decent enough job uh, Didn't really see much murmurs In terms of his, his, his place as manager Was under threat So I was surprised Right Who are your four remaining In the last ten Scotland players Lord to Roger. score Who've got ten caps or fewer I'm George Boyd 
No, but they're all 2008 to 2011 goal scorers. Craig McHale Smith? Yes, against Liechtenstein. Uh, Matt Phillips? Nope, someone who's just the exact same profile of Scotland player as Craig McHale Smith. Just same era. Jamie Mackey? Yes. See, I knew that would be a good clue somehow. And the last one. I thought that was us. No, one more. The goalie he scored into was Peter Cech. So it's always a nice one to hang on to. This is a great piece That's of... That's why I think of that clue. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great piece of trivia, this. In the 3-2 game, Paul Ritchie? No. No, I don't think it is that game. Oh, right. No. Closer I think it's like a friendly over there or a... Is it a friendly or a, one at the end of a campaign or something? I'd love it if I got this, you know that? It would be the answer on the list... Closest to my heart Oh, David Clarkson David Clarkson, there we go Would you have got it, Andy? Nope Didn't think so Anyway, thank you Roger Thank you Andy Thank you for your calls and your tweets Who knows what tomorrow will bring on the club front And of course, the thought of looking ahead to Germany Planning the squad, planning the trips That's not going to wear off anytime soon But we'll find out what's on the agenda tomorrow at 6 Gordon DL, Simon Donnelly are here and it'll be 01419511025. So write it down. You can watch the full show back on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Just search Clyde1SSB. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen back to the guys there as well. You might as well stay right there, though, because Callum Gallagher is up next. He'll look after you for the rest of the night, and we'll speak to you at six tomorrow. <laughs>